just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast. Today's guest is someone who I've been wanting to interview for quite a while now, Haley Quinn. Haley is one of the best dating coaches around, and as she says, she likes to teach men and women a new approach to love which emphasises personal responsibility, action, empathy and a belief that you can design the life that you want to lead. So if you want to improve your social life, your dating and your pickup skills, this is the interview for you. Enjoy. But first, a quick word about our affiliates. Next Level Guys in partnership with some awesome companies. To see the latest deals, special offers and listener exclusives, please go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now to the interview with Haley. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. If you had 30 seconds between floors and a lift, how would you describe who you are and what you did? Well, I would say I'm going to go right in there and say I'm a, a feminist pickup artist. So I teach a philosophy on love, which is kind of a fusion from my years of training and living and working for uh, men in the pickup industry, kind of with the female empowerment ethos that I believe in. So I actually teach men and women to connect better um, through a really interesting hybrid system of creating attraction. Well, that's something I wanted to speak to you about was the you were actually making pickup feasible, you know, it was workable for the modern man. Um, can you go into a little bit about how you got into this kind of dating experience? You know, um, did you have a CS when you were younger? And how did you get into pickup and teaching, coaching guys? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was a strange experience. I definitely didn't intend to uh, be a dating dating guru that <laughs> in fact my younger self would probably have found that hilarious because I was really dorky in school um, and when I was at university I was reading about a lot about feminism psychoanalysis gender so I was really more into feminism and then by sort of chance and a weird bad dating experience I came across the pickup artist industry um, and I actually at the beginning I was really offended by it and I thought what is this horrible stuff that's teaching men how to have more sex with women like that doesn't feel ethical it doesn't feel nice it sounds manipulative so I had a pretty standard reaction to the industry um but I was I'm always like quite adventurous and quite curious so of course I reached out to um some of the pickup gurus uh from the book the game on twitter and twitter had just begun then so they were quite accessible um, got into some conversations with them, and I'm sure partly to do with the fact I was a really young woman uh, at the time. Uh, they they got, we got into a dialogue, and my first uh, uh, gig as a writer, which is what I always wanted to be, was just write, ghostwriting content for pickup artists, ebooks, and blogs. And then through that, I started to attend their training events. Um, I started to do a bit of speaking and then because word got around because the, the industry and the scene is still quite quite small about this woman who um, knew uh, who you know knew about the world of pickup and so I was then started to be offered coaching jobs for pickup companies giving like the woman's opinion 
Um, and from that, I built up my own kind of ideas and my own client base and then sort of started up my own business. And then I started working with women as well because I thought there was definitely a way that this could be taught, which embraced the value of learning social skills, but also made it in a way that was kind of like clean and ethical and accessible for, yeah, the modern man and also the modern woman. Because when I got to, into getting to know you and following you and, you know, seeing your material, I was I found it strange that you were a feminist as well as into the pickup side of things. And, I mean, ah, I can, I can explain that if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, because here's my opinion on this, and I've spent, trust me, I've spent years thinking about it. I'm not saying that all pickup is like female friendly. Some of it is definitely misogynistic, and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't like, wouldn't promote it. However, if I looked at the female dating industry and market, which I do a lot, I find a lot of the ideas in that are actually less progressive. You know, I think that you know, women being told they shouldn't reply to a guy's message and they should not you know, not have sex with him until they've known him for ages and this kind of stuff. This feels like those ideals feel more uh, anti-progress for women's rights. And actually, I think men and women being able to communicate better and the idea is that, you know, you can learn social skills and it's not just about your physical appearance. And some values and philosophies in the pickup world are more progressive and actually, I think, um, more suitable for women as well. So I think there is definitely like a, 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 there is definitely an overlap. It just isn't obvious between the two worlds. No, that's a great answer. I mean, I've used um, real social dynamics. I'm not sure if you're aware of them. Um, yeah. I found it a bit kind of, you know, the routines were a bit creepy, but the bit about you know building your confidence being able to be better in social situations becoming you know the changing the mentality towards you being the prize rather than the chaser things like that definitely Mm. helped my mentality of it um so do you find there's a standard reason a guy comes to speak to you or is it just depending on their culture religious background and things like that Um, I tend to find maybe the guys that like, and I guess there is a choice that men are making when they choose to work with me versus a different brand. So they probably want to work with someone who they know that what they're going to be learning is very female friendly. So that's not anything that's going to be like sleazy or creepy. There are also guys that are kind of, you know, credit to them who are okay to work and be coached by a woman. Um, And it's not that I, and I, so I think they usually have a deep respect for women. And sometimes that respect is so deep it means that they often struggle to be sexual or to be anything other than just a friend because usually that's coming from a place where they're they're just holding back because they really, really want to make the woman feel comfortable. So I try and usually teach these men who are successful, you know, professional, interesting, awesome guys how they can be, you know, keep their moral value system and stay ethical, but they can also have the sexual experiences that they want and be the the man that women are attracted to. And I think I'd be one of them. That was something I struggled with was keeping the the attitude of all these guys wanting to sleep around, but I just wanted mm. to become better and meet some women and, you know, give them a great experience sexually, physically, dating, etc. I just didn't want to be that creepy guy that just seen them as pieces of meat, which unfortunately there is a lot of there's a lot of great guys in those areas, but, um, so I mean, how, yeah, also it's like, you know, it's as a feminist, I would say that obviously it's not all women want relationships. 
some do, and all power to them, they should pursue that. Um, but there's obviously a proportion of women out there at different stages in their life will be open to more casual relationships. I just, I don't think it's about, you know, whether you have one sexual partner, zero sexual partners, or 500 sexual partners. Like, and there's not, that's not, it doesn't have to be, one doesn't have to be morally better than the other. Mm-hmm. It's about actually making sure you do that in a way that's conscious, that, doesn't manipulate anyone and that you're finding people who want the same things and there's enough people in the world that you can find people that have the same intentions as you do and want to share those experiences so do you think there's a way that you can define masculinity i mean if somebody said to you you know define what makes up a man what makes him attractive how would you how would you define it um, I guess I would also like, you know, I went over answer this. I always am conscious to say, you know, I'm, I've got my opinion on this and hopefully it's quite well informed. But uh, I definitely don't speak on behalf of all women. And I think if there's anything we know about, especially, um, I guess, how women view things. It's just well, there's a huge variety of opinions mm. there. For me, the masculine is um, associated positively with, uh, you know, uh, protection in a nice way, <laughs> but not possession. So a guy who you feel um, safe in his company, that you feel that he respects you. Um, I like guys that are okay to, you know, assert themselves, that have the internal sense of self-esteem where they command respect, where they have good personal boundaries. And also that they don't just, if you're an attractive woman, that doesn't mean that, you know, that doesn't really make a huge difference to them, that they really meet you on a level as a person and then you work out if you've got a good connection after that. So I think for guys, usually the process of attraction, and I say process because I think that the majority of women um, or majority of people, you know, attraction isn't isn't a visual instant thing. It's something that builds up in relation to how you interact with a person and their behaviours. Um, and I think that is to do, you know, what behaviors you find attractive. That's a lot to do with your upbringing and your personal character. Broadly speaking, I think people find people that have strong identities. So guys that, you know, that have a very strong sense of self, are more opinionated, um, slightly more outgoing, though I think there's ways that you can do that whilst being an introvert as well. Men who are communicative, so who are able to express and articulate what they want with clarity because I think that gives a woman a lot of security so I think that's very positive and also with men who are strong in their you know their sexual intent like so that as a woman you know where they you stand in relation to them I mean women I know spend a lot of time worrying or, or wondering when they meet a man you know what his intentions are so I think for guys who can who can find that middle ground of being able to be clear about what their sexual intentions are and putting across that information in a way that is respectful, I think that strikes the right um, note of masculinity that women find super attractive. That's a superb answer. I was just saying, seeing how many I could tick off myself. That was something I didn't like about the pickup industry was, you know, that they were grading women on a 1 to 10 scale, whereas I was oh, always... That's just it doesn't help. I'd like to say it doesn't help the guys either because, you know what, like fundamentally she's a person right she is she's a person Mm -hmm. so if you objectify her by giving her a number rating in terms of physical appearance you actually limit your ability to connect with her and have great conversations and therefore you become almost handicapped i would find that the guys who often rate women in terms of 
physical appearance don't have either don't have as good relationships with women that could mean that they have they find it harder to speak to women it could mean that they connect to them less they don't have rewarding relationships so i think it, when you get something like that in the pickup world it, as much as it's misogynistic i also usually find that it like stops men from communicating as well with women as they could do and therefore limits their success Definitely. I mean, that's some. It was on your previous answer. Was that was something that I definitely agreed with? Was the I used to only look at it as a yes or no. Do I want to get to know this person more? You know, I didn't. I tried to remove sex as much as possible from it because if I was interested in them, I would get to know them a bit better. And to be mm. honest, the whole grading thing is like you said. If you keep it on a physical level, you don't really move past that. And mm. you know, you judge yourself on your ability to sleep. You know, if you don't have success by sleeping with them then you look at yourself as a failure rather than getting to know a potential friend or a contact or whatever you know i just um so what yeah i think that's the biggest problem men face nowadays is this session with sex this thing of you're not a man if you're not drinking and screwing around and yeah I, i definitely think that the way we sometimes that's part of the problem i think that part of the problem is some of the like the masculine things that seem to be really masculine like fighting sleeping around drinking whatever like those that's not a very positive masculine archetype that we're often promoting in society um i also think on the flip of that most guys aren't like that and they're like obviously like decent individuals and then unfortunately men often get unfairly judged like women will not understand a man's motivations or won't connect with him as well as they could do um, and I say this for working with so many female clients as well, because they have this idea that men are motivated in a very physical way. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that often massively oversimplifies um, what it's like to be the guy. So I think there's that issue. I also think men are often shamed around their sexuality. So it's a weird thing where we almost promote like a hyper sexualized culture. But then also men will feel like they will worry, like, you know, if I stand too close to her am I stalking her you know if I pay her a compliment am I going to make her feel bad you know and harassed I don't want her to do that so it's like there's a real confusion over how to be um you know I think sexual and masculine but in a way that's positive and I find that most guys not wanting to be this violent like hypersexual drunk <laughs> individual probably go too far in the other direction when um of uh, just being the friend when in fact there's a there's a different role they could take altogether. And do you think we've become worse than like our sort of grandfathers and, you know, older generations of men? Or is there something uh, about today's society that you know, is there benefits the way we are? Yeah, I think so. I mean I think that there's um like, like with all I don't think we should look at the past in like a glorified way because there's but we just have slightly different problems. So I think historically we had clear... It definitely, at least when we speak about like the UK, Europe, and Northern America, Australia, um, we we used to have clear agenda roles. So everyone knew what everyone's job was. We also had less sexual and relationship options. There was a much clearer route, like you met someone, you met their parents, you maybe dated or courted a little bit, but then you got married, and then you had children. And then... Now we have so many different forms of relationships and because, you know, of medical advances and contraception, there's different relationship routes you can go down. Women are much more emancipated. Um, that means that men and women, I don't think, are sure 
whose job it is anymore to make what move. And then also there's so much variety in choice or perceived variety in choice with, you know, the influx of dating apps and such that people, I think, have, are losing that ability to connect in real life. And I think, you know, it's actually psychologically proven that too much choice doesn't make us happy. Like it makes us actually less happy because we become kind of paralyzed by not knowing what's the right road to go down. So I think we have just, whilst in the past, you know, I think especially from a woman's perspective, we were like, you know, there were really big issues with, um, uh, you know, not having things like birth control and, and not having, and having far, we still have less rights and far less rights than our male partners. I'm not saying that that's something that's idealistic that we should want to go back to, However, I think that what we have now is a very new and very modern set of problems mm. that are primitive brains that really haven't changed very much in the past 40,000 years aren't best equipped to deal with. So, say if you've got somebody listening just now and he's sitting there thinking, well, yeah, that's fine for the good-looking guys, the guys with the talent, the guys with this, the guy, you know, X, Y, Z but they're making it out that they haven't got the money, they haven't got the looks, they haven't got the style or whatever it is. How do you remedy that? How do you make them realise it's not about looks and it's not about their perceived place in the world? You know, that anybody can get better at social skills and dating and things like that. Definitely. I mean, well, I think that comes twofold, right? I always think that a nice way of looking at it is great social skills give you a boost on what you've already built yourself in your life. And I think that that doesn't have to be or it doesn't necessitate looks or social status. But I think people are really attracted to people who have got stuff going on in their lives. And sometimes that can be the easiest fix. You know, so leading a life of high value is one of the ways that you demonstrate your internal sense of confidence and self-esteem as a person. So it's like, you know, your apartment is tidy and clean. You wear clean clothes that are ironed and sort of fit. Uh, you exercise and you try most of the time without being too self-punishing to eat healthily because this is just things that people who care about themselves gravitate towards doing. And believe me, I say this is someone I've had periods in my life where I haven't done any of that. You know, I've like, you know, I've probably been dealing with some harder emotional issues and have gone completely off off the rails so I'm not but the good thing is with all of that you can pull it back around and also create and build your life where you're doing projects of value I even find as a woman and I would say that women are judged more in terms of physical appearance having stuff that you've done for yourself like the fact you know I've got my business I've got stuff I'm passionate about and interesting in interested in that's so attractive so if you can, if you're a guy out there and you're like, where do I begin? It's like, begin. There's this whole amazing world of personal development, which is everything from fitness to exploring new career options to designing the life that you live to doing projects that you really care about and investing your time wisely. And then on top of that, there's a whole layer of social skills and development that you can learn that will really enrich your life so that when you meet women, not only have you got great conversational skills and the, or maybe just the ability to begin a conversation, but when they talk to you, you're a guy that has stuff going on in his life that you're, you're passionate and enthusiastic about that you want to talk about. Um, and that's not just for men. I think that's for everyone should be leading a purposeful life. And that's not even about attracting a member of the opposite or the same sex. That's just about, you know, that's because it's your life and it's your hours and these are your days. And so 
time is your most valuable asset. And so using it wisely to do things purposely, I think is just a really smart idea. Well, it's a, it's a superb answer, and it actually leads me on to my next question. <laughs> That's uh, good. <laughs> my mum always used to say to me that you can't be comfortable with somebody until you're comfortable in your own skin. And, you know, you're mentioning there about having projects that you enjoy. And, you know, I find that I'm the strange one for wanting to run my own podcast. I was the strange one in my group of friends for wanting to start my own business and things like that. How can somebody get comfortable in their own skin, you know, that are branching out and trying these new hobbies and building the projects they love. You know, is there a way that they can get used to things like social anxiety, feelings of dread, loneliness, etc.? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I think there's um, a few things that you that I would say about about this is your experience of loneliness feelings of dread that is just that is the human experience like I don't think there's anybody alive who has at least not who, who hasn't gone through those same emotions like I've had he, myself you know personally as a woman as somebody who's had relative degrees of success it's just like I've had huge periods in my life of feeling really really bleak like super bleak so I think identifying that that's normal is important and accepting your feelings is important. So I think the root of lots of things comes from self-acceptance and knowing that there isn't really one perfect way of being or living. And that actually that there's some honor in just doing things, you know, how you like to do. <laughs> like my nan, I love how you mentioned your mum. My nan, who is one of my big inspirations, she used to love the phrase to thy own self be true. And I, lo I really like it as well. It means that, you know, just... You don't need to do the same thing as everyone else. Like you can just you can do what is true and what's right and what morally and everything feels good for yourself. Um, I think also just learning that it's a process is so important and that sometimes there's a succession of events which don't necessarily feel fair or justified um, and that there's a real benefit that just comes from being tenacious. You know, you've got to hang on in there. And know that if with any certainty that if things are not going well and they haven't been going well for a while, if you just keep clinging on and you keep creating change, you keep trying to change your habits and your routines, you keep putting yourself out there, things will shift. It might take time, but they will shift. Um, and I think one of the best things that anyone can do as part of that process is to spend time by yourself. Like actually being comfy by yourself is fantastic as is being comfortable to walk out the door and not being so much of a hermit that you close yourself off from, from human interactions. So I think uh, also not to look at other people and assume that their life is somehow brilliant and awesome and that you just got the really bad hand in life. You know, don't make yourself a victim. Every, most people, not all, but most people have their cross to bear and have gone through some stuff. So the important thing to do is to take personal responsibility for creating change to just keep going. If you're finding it hard to keep going, reach out and ask for support because people will want to help you. And just look around and know that even if you're looking on Facebook and everyone looks like they're having the best time ever, I can I can say with some certainty that they're not. <laughs> and uh, you know, just stay focused on stay focused on yourself. Because that was another one of our many phrases, shall we say, was the ability about. Um, don't judge your own life on Facebook because you're judging your entire life against somebody else's highlights because they're only going to put up what's the best part of their day or, you know, the best photos. 
It's totally like I mean like if I do if I do a post, there's probably twenty photos that I took to get the one that looks like that I think will look nice and stuff in my feed. Um, and I you know as I said, there's been so many times where I felt lonely, I felt like giving up, I felt like no one will ever love me, I'm destined to die alone. <laughs> I've had I've had all those thoughts like m- many many times. Um, so it's good to know that everybody kind of has those moments of bleak and that that is actually it's okay and that we shouldn't even try um we shouldn't even try to uh uh we shouldn't even try to um want happiness 24 7 like that's kind of unrealistic in fact something great that i read recently was that you know happiness in itself is obviously that's quite an inconsistent state and what gives us kind of a a good measure of long-term happiness is actually purpose so not always being happy, but always trying to do things that are meaningful. Yeah, I mean, it's like they say, if um, too much of one thing, you know, is bad for you, but without up and downs, you'd be dead. You know, it's like the heart rate on yeah. a monitor. Um, I mean, these are sort of the things that really scare somebody who's wanting to change, but has maybe not addressed their, you know, their emotional intelligence, their feelings and really what they want from life. Can you go into a little bit about what emotional intelligence is and how somebody can develop theirs? Is it just put themselves into Uh, uncomfortable positions or? You know what? I think you shouldn't just put yourself into uncomfortable positions. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it's good to put yourself into a very comfy position. So there's times, I think, to push yourself, like when you're thinking, oh, should I go to that party? But I could just watch this TV again. You know, that's a good time to give yourself a bit of a kick up the butt. Other times, though, you know what, if you've had something really that you found has really profoundly emotionally affected you and you're upset, if you want to go and curl up in a ball in bed for, a, you know, an evening, fine. Like, take there's, there are times to kind of look after yourself and introspect um, as well. Um, I find that some really valuable things to do to develop emotional intelligence. Um, first of all, there's a couple of premises that I think are accurate, which is one that there's always so many different ways that you can view any situation. Most of us, when we're interpreting reality, we do the spotlight effect, where we we think everything is to do with us, i.e., this girl hasn't texted you back. You know, that means that she's been, for whatever reason, deliberately toying with your emotions and leading you on and messing you around. The reality is probably that she didn't have any bad intentions towards you whatsoever. She's just, for whatever reasons, probably to do with her own life, not that invested in the conversation, is distracted by other things that are coming up as more important to her, so she's being not as good at texting you back. So stop from a position, so I'd start recognising there's probably multiple different ways of looking at any situation. The Secondly, that it's not all about you. Most people's reactions are about themselves and stuff that's going on with them. And you don't really actually have that much influence over them. Um, I think be, I would teach to both my men and my women to be responsible for yourself. You know, like I think it's a really lame thing to say, Oh, I only meet women that are bitches or I only meet guys that are real bastards. Like shut up is what I say to Pat. It's like you you choose who you spend your time with. You choose what behavior you accept. Okay, sometimes people let us down. Sometimes people are deceitful, and that's not our fault. However, I think taking responsibility 
is one of the best ways to feel empowered and good. It's good to hold your hand up and say, you know what, I made some stupid decisions. Or, you know what, I should have got out of that relationship soon. Or, you know what, I shouldn't have even bothered texting that person back. That's actually positive. Because when you are in this place where you have responsibility and you're not a victim, then you have a lot of power to create change. When you put yourself in a victim mindset where stuff is just happening to you, that's that's what's going to make you feel rubbish. So I also suggest a good uh, butt kick on that front. Um, and to communicate yourself and to start working on a very practical level to communicate yourself clearly. Um, a simple swap is to use less you and use more I. So instead of saying to like to a woman, you're ignoring me because that might not actually be the truth. You just say, look, I know, like I just noticed. Uh, you, you've been. You, I've noticed you've been a bit quieter recently. That makes me feel like uh, that makes me feel like there's something's going on, and I wanted to check in with you and see what's up. <laughs> you know, that's actually a fairer and clearer way of communicating things. So instead of just assuming that someone is being a way that someone's ignoring you or is being cold or that they don't like you, that's just a big lot of assumptions that you've made probably based around your insecurities which may or may not be being triggered by whoever you're engaging with but you don't really get very far by accusing people of things you get far by acknowledging what you want communicating it clearly and then seeing if the other person responds and does not respond then you know that that that's a good relationship to let go of sorry i think we broke up there a wee bit um yeah i mean i really like that tip about actually saying how you feel rather than you know saying you did this you did that you know taking the accusation away and just saying from my point of view that's how i feel um so yeah i think like um uh i think a great like little system for this is uh you know just being okay so what you do is like okay let's let's break this down you you someone is responding to you less let's just take that as a good example um now, instead of just assuming and starting to build up a story in your brain that that means that they don't like you or they're ignoring you, they met another guy, like, you just don't know. What, go to what you know. What do you know? Start with that. You know that, they, that the volume of text messages has gone down. That's an objective fact, right? That's a good place to start. Then you want to look to yourself and go, okay, that's the fact. How is that making me feel? And that could be making you feel feel ignored or neglected or that the person isn't attracted to you or annoyed and those feelings are your feelings they're not that person you know that's that's how you are feeling so choose that then because you recognize your feelings i'll think okay what do i need to feel comfier and happier with this person then communicate that by saying i i need i think i feel i want i believe uh and then ask them in a in a very pragmatic way to create some change so that could be you know ask say say what you want say you know i'd like to chat to you um more often or you know if i for me when i'm dating someone i want to see them at least once a week you know you're allowed to say that that's your world view and that's your what you desire in relationships now the key here is when you've ticked all those boxes and you know you've been very self-aware and you haven't created stories you've clearly then look how they respond any person who's good to have in your life will listen to you. They might not totally agree, but they will communicate what their position is and they will keep talking to you. It's like a negotiation. People that are kind of like, 
I'm going to say avoid is a strong word. Probably like people that are not so great for you to partner up with or probably not so ready for a relationship or you don't have that level of connection are people who ignore your needs, who just straight up dismiss your feelings, who don't adjust their behavior, who aren't maybe don't have the emotional intelligence themselves to explain what they're thinking. So I think that's just what you know you're in a good, it's a great test of a relationship or a situation is like, can you communicate? And if so, does the person listen to you and do they respect what you're communicating? So is there a way that somebody could notice that without getting too attached to that person? Or is that something you really have to deal with by just how they react more than a couple of accounts? Um, or is it a method that you could maybe use in a, an approach to a girl to see if she's even remotely interested? Is there like indicators yeah, of interest? Exactly. I mean, I would say, depends what your goals or, are to begin with. First of all, let's start with the guys that are listening. Just think what your goals are. Like, do you want to have brief, casual sexual relationships, casual, ongoing relationships, or, you know, proper, full intimacy relationship relationships? Um, because that will affect what qualities you look out for in a person. Like, if you want something super casual and brief, you want to, when you meet people, you're thinking, they're demonstrating to me that they're showing strong signs of uh, spontaneity, you know, are they showing me that they are super happy for me to like, you know, are they showing that they're uh, really open to adventures? Are they very talkative? Are they outgoing? Do they seem willing to spend more time with me like right now? Um, if you're looking for someone in more of a relationship capacity, and these two things, by the way, aren't mutually exclusive, like they be, you could want, want both and people can be both, that, um, that you know, you'd want to think, well, if, for instance, a girl can't, like, say you're speaking to a woman, you want a relationship with her, and she keeps cancelling or keeps rearranging or, is, you know, just can't keep a commitment and then can't say truthfully why she can't keep that commitment, that is immediately telling you that person is not, for reasons probably completely not to do with you, that they are not giving you the indicators that they're ready to have a relationship. They're just... So you're just looking for, like, Perfectly. can this I mean, person, and it's nothing to do with me, is this person at this time in their life able to give me the kind of relationship I'm looking for? If you if you want something casual and this person is, you know, wary and they, they're not interested in that, just leave it. Go find someone else. If the other, if they're, If you really want a relationship and they're being very evasive and they can't keep a commitment, leave it. Find someone else because you need people that are going to turn up on the same level as you as the bare minimum. And is that the same sort of thing as somebody saying, oh, I'm worried about the age difference. I'm worried about what my parents will think. Is excuses like that just excuses or is that something that, you know, you could work around? Uh, yeah, but I would say that the workaround is going to come from the person that's making the excuse. Because some things I think, you know, we all have different upbringings and different value systems. And so... Certain things like parental approval are more important to some people than they are to others by like a big difference. Um, I think often that if we start looking for reasons why we can't be with someone, that's usually a pretty good indicator that there's something inherently about the, the relationship that is making that person feel discomfort. And that discomfort needs a reason. Often it's just a feeling, right? You just don't feel comfortable. Um, and that feeling of not feeling comfortable has to have an ex have a reason a rational thing attached to it so that could be 
I don't think my parents would like them, for instance, or, you know, my parents would have a different, my parents will have a different view of the partner uh, that I want. Now, a lot of the time, that's just going to be, that could be because the person isn't making the other person feel comfy and there's something about the relationship that's not right. Or a lot of the time, it could just be that the other, that the person who's having all these excuses just has, it just doesn't feel comfy with intimacy, just not ready for whatever reason. And they look for reasons why, um, sometimes I think that people who are, you know, least, least open to intimacy can be very critical, very rigid, very perfectionist, very unwilling to compromise. And if that is the case, then this person, again, it's one of these ways that they're strongly communicating. They are not a great person to turn up in a relationship because they, they probably have some work they want to do on themselves first. Because, you know what, even if your, your parents might disapprove a bit, if you really want to be with a person, you're invested in working on the relationship, you would at least attempt to create communication. You'd at least attempt to you know, speak to your parents and check their value systems or introduce parents to the, to the, to the, you know, to the boyfriend and see if you can do everything to facilitate them getting along. So if you're just holding your hands up and saying, I don't think this is going to work for these reasons that I seem to have pulled out of thin air, then I would say that's indicative of someone who might have a problem with intimacy generally. And then it's our job. If you're on the receiving end of it as someone who's full of excuses, now I've had this, like definitely have had this in my own personal life. Just the the best thing you can do there is to just step outside of the system and just acknowledge to yourself, this person is not ready to give you what you might want and your efforts can be better invested looking after yourself, healing yourself and then going to meet other people. It's, see, this is why I always liked your material. Was it's like you're actually speaking directly to me because I'm actually going through this right now with somebody who's very much the, you know, oh you're too old for me. Do you not think I'm too young for you, sort of thing? And I think a lot of us need that, you know, like a kick in the the butt to say, look, it's not you. It's stop taking it personally. It's maybe just where yeah. that person is yeah. in their life. It is, and then sometimes also it's, it can be very difficult so, when you're in that scenario. I say, like, I've really been there. Like, um, you want to prove to that person, you want to be like, you know, you like, you want to show that you're uh, that you're good enough for them, and then you start doing these actions to kind of cling on to things, and that's usually coming from a deep insecurity. So I think there's a lot of time where actually there's a real benefit. It's like in you know graciously. And it can be really difficult, graciously at least beginning the process of letting something go if that person is showing clearly through their actions. I don't look to what their reasons are. I look to people's actions because people can make up all kinds of creative reasons why they do things. And very few people want to admit that maybe they're doing something that's not positive for another person. So because of that, um, yeah, purely because of that, what I would do is, you know, I would be, I would be just thinking, okay, this person isn't showing up, but they can, they can give me what I want. So the best thing I can do for myself, because I know that I really want a relationship is to try and detach myself from this person versus trying to convince them of something that maybe they can't be convinced of right now. So what would you recommend to people who are wanting to improve themselves you know, maybe they've realised that mm. the person they're after isn't right for them. 
you know, should they go away and start going to the gym and exercising, meditating, mindfulness? Um, should they be looking at their diet? You know, is there a kind of standard protocol that you set your clients on to start fixing themselves internally before they look at going... Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, for me personally, I'm a big believer in, like, getting the groundwork in place. Um, So usually when I'm working, and when I work with clients, it's very rare I actually work with people one-to-one. Nowadays, I actually have pretty awesome online and offline training programs, both for men and women. So it's really, we've got a cool community here of people that uh, have the same values. Um, I would say also, you know, that if you're just kind of getting out of something or you've been listening to this podcast and you're thinking, oh, geez, yeah. I actually need to cut that off. Um, I think that there's a real myth there, which is the best thing you can do is just go right back out there. You know, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else or whatever that <laughs> phrase is. I actually don't think that's, that's true. I think that the best thing that you can do is, is first of all realize that, you know, it's not all about you, that that is probably just how that person is, um, and to try and be kind of peaceful with them to then uh, start, you know, first of all, you know, if the relationship has dissolved to not keep in a 50-50 relationship. I would think it's better just to stay, know what you want. So if you want to say you want a, a proper relationship and you want to see this person three times a week and you want, you know, them to update their Facebook status to say they're your girlfriend, like know that that's what you want. Then articulate it, that say, say what you want to that person now, if that person isn't able to give you what you want, then it's natural and healthy for you to take a step back. Now, by taking a step back and actually lessening or completely preferentially cutting contact, you're, it's only going to go one of two ways. Either, A, the person in their own space and own time without your intervention does the work on themselves that is required in order for them to come back into your life and be a better partner, or B, you move on more quickly. So I always just think, like, prioritize. It's hard, but prioritize your long-term goals and be honest with yourself about what you want. Don't settle for a relationship that gives you 50% of what you want, you know. And there's many forms of relationships and people that are out there that can really fulfill you emotionally and physically, so don't settle. Uh, Then I would go definitely for a period of self-improvement, like, my friends literally have a joke about me. I've, like, developed all these weird, like, pastimes I love. Like, I'm, like, really into Latin dance. I speak Portuguese. And I usually picked up these hobbies as a direct result of just breaking up with someone and wanting to put my energy in something else. And it's, <laughs> it's something really amazing about, you know, eating healthy food, not going, don't party too much, sleep, get a good night's sleep, meditate, have times where your phone is just switched off, you know, taking up something new. That is so good for your self-esteem and so good for the soul. And then just keep doing that. Focus on building good friendships with people, trying new things, travel. And then eventually you'll find that you are, A, not pining after the original person, and B, without even having to put yourself out there in the dating scene, you will just be meeting people. So let's take an example of, say somebody's moved to a new city, they've just broken up with a long-term partner, you know, how would they start going about this? How would they start making the friends and going for that life of adventure? Is it just spend that self-improvement time, then look to go out, or should they be, you know, baby steps? Is there, like, micro-challenges that you Yeah, I mean, I think one of the best, I, like, usually work on, like, principles. So I think principle one, say yes, (laughs) you know, 
it's, it will always feel a bit uncomfortable when you're doing something new. Like I found uh, I was in uh I've been trying doing a digital nomad thing where I've been trying to live in different countries around the world to like check it out. <laughs> see if I'm like, just if, see if I'm happier or more content elsewhere. And I've really noticed that when I'm not in the UK, I was just going, I was saying yes to a lot more invitations. If people want because I was thinking, oh, wow, I actually need to build a social circle here. So not prejudging things and not going, oh, I don't like Latin dance nights or, oh, I don't like bars. You know, don't be too rigid. Just say yes. If it sucks when you go, you know, go for 20 minutes. If you don't like it, you can go home. But I think there's a real benefit in physically leaving the house. Um, I also think, though, that has to be balanced by not being too frantic about it. So I think every one of us needs at least one night, if not two nights a week, where we're just at home making sure we get a really good night's sleep. The TV is off. We're doing something a bit more mindful, like cooking or meditating or reading or you know, drawing or you know, writing, you know, doing something that is, uh, you know, lo-fi. So using little technology that, you know, gives us time to have introspection and really get clear on, on what we want. I think that's really valuable. I also think as a little tip, whenever you're meeting new people, whether that's in like a social interaction or dating context, one of the things I love to do when I meet a stranger is I just, I say something within the first couple of minutes of conversation about my day or my week that's very candid um, because what I, my aim is is to create a permission in the conversation and create more intimacy where by the fact I have self-disclosed um, something that's a bit more, um, yeah, because I've self-disclosed something that's a bit more, uh, you know, vulnerable about myself, it gives someone something to connect to. So, for instance, <laughs> I don't know why I keep going on about this, it's true like uh, like while I was away in America to go back to that story to complete the loop um my I rented my apartment out on Airbnb and it got trashed like people literally trashed my house it was so bad um so one of the things I did in a positive tone of voice is when people when I met someone new and they're like how's your week now I'll be like to be honest it's been a bit crazy like um I was in the uh, states last week doing some work and you know I've come back to the UK and my apartment had been trashed by the Airbnb people damn them so I've had like, it's been a funny one. I've had lots of kind of stuff to deal with on top of my normal day. So I would go right in. I would just be completely honest and upfront and give quite a detailed little story about what happened to my, in my week. And I know that the guys or all women, if there's any women out there listening to this might think, oh, that's quite self-indulgent. But actually it's not about you boasting or being self-centered what you're doing by being that open and talking in that detailed way about yourself is you give other people the uh, ability to um, to get a snapshot of your character. And you also create what I call a permission in the conversation, which means it's almost like you're now allowed to talk at that level of, of intimacy and depth with a person yeah because that's what i was just going to say was you're you know you're allowing the permission to move from the superficial bs conversation mm -hmm. that most people would have to actually you know to actually talking to them like a person and on a more personal level um and is this the problem we have nowadays with guys utilizing phones and online dating and you know talking through social media mm -hmm. have we forgotten how to just speak like normal people yeah i think we all i mean i, I think particularly also in british culture which can be very 
privacy driven. You know, we really value personal space and privacy. And, you know, if someone's crying, we kind of leave them to cry and don't want to embarrass them. So embarrassment, shame, privacy, these are kind of cultural ideals which don't help us either. We're not the most tactile and open of cultures. Uh, And then added on to that, yeah, people hide behind their mobile phones. And you know what? It's really sad that sometimes, you know, if you don't want to speak to anyone anymore, you just stop responding to them on their phone, block them on, you know, and and you just disappear. And I think that really, I think sometimes we lack some integrity because of that. And I think, but the good solution that people can do is that you want to uphold the values that you believe in. So, you know what? If you're a fan of meeting people in real life, Go out and meet people in real life. You know, if you go to HayleyQuinn.com forward slash approach for the guys there, I've got a free cheat sheet on, uh, you know, how to say hi. So there's so much information about how you can actually go out and say hello to people. Then, you know, if you say hello to a person, you get to know them a little bit and you just don't feel that it's working out or you don't want to know them anymore, be gracious and just, like, give them an explanation. Don't just disappear. Um, I think that we can all do a lot to improve you know, how much we're communicating and our levels of personal integrity with it. And one of the things that sort of stood out a lot was um, you describe yourself as sort of bi-curious or sort of bisexual, sorry. How is your activities, you know, like in the skirt club and coaching women and that, how is that sort of shaped, you know, your coaching for guys and what advice would you give, like, say, a guy who's listening, who's bi-curious, or a gay guy who's listening? Are the skills that you offer on your courses, etc., is that suitable for somebody, like, yep. a guy chasing a guy? Totally. A I mean, I would say about myself, here's an interesting thing. For anybody who's curious, I mean, I actually pretty much would say I'm heterosexual now. Pretty much. Like, I don't, uh, I've gone, my, my feelings about myself, sexual orientation have shifted around a lot I think because of my interaction with the pickup industry I had a really experiment and I think also it's pretty normal for people in their like 20s like a, a period of like wild experimentation uh but that's not really like you know I've kind of like I don't like thought about it tried it out and I've kind of now I'm at a position of feeling like heterosexual and into monogamy so you can the thing is you can do something and you can try and that doesn't have to define who you are for the rest of your life that could just be a period of your life that you're in it could just be something you do so I don't think for instance if a guy kisses another guy really controversial for a podcast like who usually identifies as straight that does not mean you're gay it doesn't mean you're bi it just means you kissed a guy like who cares like then you see what how you feel after that um so I think being open to the fact that at different periods in our lives we might want to be more straight or more gay or we might want monogamy more or less that's pretty normal I think um I also think that like my techniques I've developed I mean my female clients are pretty both my male and my female client base are largely heterosexual however I've actually got some YouTube videos coming out next month where I'm working with a gay guy and a gay woman for them to use my techniques to approach people just because I want to show that it's about people and how humans interact and those social skills versus it always having to be one way around. Like, it always has to be a guy approaching a girl. You know, I think it's, it's it's fine for women to learn in their own way how to begin or initiate conversations with men. Like, I think that's actually really fun. Um, I also like, you know, so I like to show that this is about what we're really talking about here isn't men versus women or 
straight versus anything else. It's, it's literally, this is just about people. How do people relate to one another? How can I improve my social skills? And I find that for, if, even if you're the most red-blooded heterosexual guy in the world that's listening to this podcast, that is honestly it's a good way of looking at it. Because when you move away from it being, oh, she's a hot babe, she's an HB9 or whatever, and you go, oh, she's a person, I'll just talk to her like that. It really reduces approach anxiety. It means you connect with people better. Your social skills are, are cooler. So that's what I would be focusing on. Something that, like, I'm, uh, I would identify myself as straight, but for girls, you know, it's the cool thing nowadays to see, you know, to say they're bisexual or to, you know, I kiss, the Katy Perry song, I kissed the girl. And I actually started getting emails from guys, some guys who saying, I'm not sure how do I deal with this? This is wrong. Or, you know, and I was just thinking, it's a horrible situation we've developed where a guy can't do, you know, go for what makes them happy because they're worried about how society Totally. Them it's so it. weird it, that we've kind of like gone like with men, it's still so quote unquote shameful. And for women, it's like, almost like a prize but then I also hear weird stories about women wanting to be like give their boyfriend the first threesome and that's all I was gonna swear then I won't because you're probably really messed up as well so again like I go back to what my nan said so himself be true you know just you gotta like actually the more that you focus on doing you versus like that sounds really sexual I didn't mean it that way versus what works for everybody else it, it's good like that's why I even like it um you know, instead of thinking, oh, should I send them this message? Oh, they might be put off me and getting really lost in worrying what someone else is going to think of you. I just think, what do I want to say? What am I thinking? What will make me good to communicate and live that? For somebody listening just now, what do you want them to take away from this? Because you've given some amazing content um, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll fill it up with lots of your videos. and links Yeah, and I would, I'll give them a link the main... as well. I'll give you a link to um, this these free cheat sheets so that people can get mini ebooks and stuff for me for you know so your listeners can can check that out i mean i would say like most important stuff one don't judge yourself you know accept however you feel about a situation accept that you want what you want and that might not be what everybody else wants and that is okay um secondly know that if there's something you're not happy with by and large you can change like you can really create change uh point three sometimes that change takes time it's not that, unfortunately, the universe hasn't implemented an instantaneous reward system for good behavior. But, you know, being but gradually doing things in the right way will help. Um, and you definitely can learn this stuff, like everything, whether it's like a more positive mindset. Sometimes you don't even have a positive mindset. Sometimes it's about just keeping going and surviving. Sometimes it's about how do I approach a woman in a coffee shop when she's got her headphones in? Sometimes it's like, how do I tell her that, I, you know, that I straight off the bat that I'm not looking for anything serious? Sometimes it's like, how do I express my feelings better so I have more rewarding friendships with people? Like, all these questions that can really like, eat away at you. Honestly, honest to God, there is a solution in there. And the solution will be in your mindset, but it will also be in skills that you can learn and develop. And that's a wonderful thing that you can participate in. Um, so if you're a guy that's been listening to this, you've been, you know, you're interested in checking out my staff approach and um, there's a free, uh, cheat sheets there for you. Um, I'm on Instagram is at Hayley Quinn X. Uh, I have to point out, cause I think of all of the platforms, that's the one that I'm the most talkative. So if you want to, if you wildly agreed or disagreed with everything I have to say, I'd love to hear from you comment on some of my pictures and we'll chat and 
I just think if you're listening to this podcast as well, well done, because you're always showing that level of engagement and self-awareness and willingness to change. And that is the most powerful thing. That's a, that's a fantastic, you know, sort of summary. Um, I really cannot thank you enough for taking the time. You know, I know we sort of bounced around some topics, but I have so many questions. I, I would definitely love to have you on again at some point. Um, I mean, the floor is open to you. If there's any products, any upcoming like web seminars or events that you maybe want to promote, any products that are coming yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is I run this amazing course called Academy. Um, this, I'm speaking for guys. I have ones for women as well, but I think you said that most of your listeners are guys. If you go to hayleyquinn.com a week on an offline program, so you can choose the online version. So if you live maybe, I don't know, in Scotland, far away, that's uh, a really good one to participate in. We do um, what it's based around is some principles that I really believe in. It's over 12 weeks so that you create positive habits and you change. It's about all the training is adjusted to personality style. So at the beginning of the course, uh, we do a few little questionnaires and things and we work out what training you need as a person. So it's not one size fits all. We also give loads of support. So I've got an ongoing WhatsApp group um, that's part of that, which I'm on every single day so that every so that we build a community, because I think it's not about one big action. Like, that's why I don't really go in for like boot camps. I don't really believe in them. It's about, you know, a bunch of little actions very consistently that really builds help. An academy is 12 weeks of online um, course coursework. 12 weeks of video modules, 12 weeks of webinars delivered by myself and other industry experts, 12 weeks of 24-7 WhatsApp support with me, 12 weeks of challenges uh, to change your life. Um, so if you're a guy out there, I would really advise checking that out. And I said, if you want some uh, free information from me, if you go to hayleyquinn.com forward slash approach, that will give you some free um, PDFs and ebook kind of stuff that you can start to work with. And uh, it just broke up when you were giving the um, address for the academy. Was it forward slash? Yeah, academy, that's it. HayleyQuinn.com, which is H A Y L E Y Q U I W N dot com forward slash academy. Perfect. I mean, because that academy is something I'll definitely promote. It sounds absolutely ideal for a lot of Yeah, I will shoot you an email about it because it's like, you know, we we're looking for people that believe in it and we've got honest honestly some of the testimonials and the things that happen with this group of recruits because my my goal is actually that the guys that go through academy they learn enough they can then go on and teach other guys we start to build out a really strong amazing supportive community which is showing men that there is this third way where they can between you know where they're not the creepy guy or they're not just like the super nice friend but there's there's a form of masculinity that women really are really want to have in the world so we try and promote great values things being super ethical but also lots of learning lots of development and lots of just you know being clearer about yourself that's it for another week thanks for listening absorb it practice it use it until next time Keep trying to hit that next level in your life.